are you doing, Ian? I'm really good. I got to figure out this. Uh... Yeah, we're we're still in the process of figuring all this stuff out as well. Um, this is this this is all all new to me. I'm techno technologically not very savvy. Do you want to turn the knobs? <laughs> yeah, we were uh Josh and I were playing uh God, this has been twelve years ago or so maybe. Was uh, that down in LaGrange? We were down in LaGrange, yeah. And uh my old manager at the time was there. And um you know, he knew what sounded good and what didn't. He didn't know how to engineer or turn knobs, but front of house engineer was this this older Mexican man. And he wasn't even like he set the board and then went and got something to eat or something. He went and, or something. Went, yeah. <laughs> well, during the first band or whatever, he was like the worst sound guy ever. And our uh, a manager at the time walks <clears throat> up to him. He's like, Hey, you know, do you think you could push this down or turn this up or whatever? And dude just looks over and he goes, do you want to turn the knobs? You can turn the knobs. <laughs> I think the best sound guy I've ever seen is that guy that uh, he used to work at the Whiskey Girl in Fort Worth. You remember the old guy, the big old oh, guy? Oh, God, yeah, dude. Yeah, he would, he would get fucking high as shit. Yeah. I forgot what his name was, but he was always back there hitting his one-hitter, and he would just be fucking blazed, man. And he was a really nice guy. I, I liked him a lot. He was really funny. Um I forgot what his name was. <laughs> he was always fucked up, dude. Axel? Maybe it was Axel. I Axel. Can't it was, I think that was it. It was. <laughs> it, was it was Axel. <laughs> Axel. Axel back there idea. turning the knobs. <laughs> oh, man. Ray! You're not an exclamation point anymore. Yeah, there we go. Nice. Where you where are you uh where are you coming from today? I'm in uh Idaho right now. I'm in Coeur d'Alene. Idaho. Yeah. Idaho. What's in what do you have a house there? Yeah, we got a we got a little pad by the lake in Coeur d'Alene. It's up north uh by the border. By the Canadian border. It's, it's way up here. It's good. No kidding. Ooh. I bet the weather's good. Yeah, good time in the summer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, buddy. I, I uh my wife and I got a um, got a place up in Colorado last year, and uh, I've been home for five months. And my wife left uh, Friday because she needed to go get away from the hundred degree heat and away from me because I've been at home and I'm driving her nuts. So <laughs> my wife and daughter went to Colorado, and me and my son stayed here. Definitely uh, cooler temperatures for sure, man. Um, thank you for uh, thank you for taking the time and joining us, man. Absolutely, thanks for having me on. You know, we started doing this really at the end of last year, and we had gotten probably twelve or thirteen done, and we were doing them live on the road. Um, and I'll introduce everybody here in a minute. You know, we'll, but yeah, man, we started doing this at the end of last year, and we were doing them um, from the road. We just carried all of our podcast gear and stuff on the tour bus. Um, we were having a lot of fun with it. It gave, you know, us another, you know, kind of a, a creative outlet. And, uh, now it, it's really, <laughs> it's the only thing we have going on because, um, you know, everything shut down back in March. And, uh, so we were finally able to get this, this rolling. And 
Everybody, you're listening to a couple in with Cody Jinks. We have uh, Josh Thompson from his house in Boyd, Texas. Bobby Keith Kilgore at his house just outside of Waco, Texas. Seth knows Noseworthy um, just outside of uh, Nashville, Tennessee, running the board. And our guest today is uh, we, I got to meet this man uh, about a year and a half ago at a Christmas show that we were doing. Got to meet him and his wife. Man, that's all you need, man. We have Ian Kinsler today, dude. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm I'm excited to sit down and chat, see where this see where this takes us. And uh, we're gonna go so many funky places, dude. You have no you have, you have no idea. No, man. Um, what have you been doing? It's uh, that's kind of the the opening question for everybody right now. Like since this whole uh, pandemic thing. Well, it started in Dallas, Texas, and you know, just school shut down. We had the kids in the house and basically looking over their shoulder at, at these kinds of meetings that we're doing right here with their teachers and trying to lock them in. And they're staring at a swimming pool and a basketball court and they just want to be outside, but they, they're trying to sit in front of the computer and do their schoolwork. So that's how it all started. And, um, you know, we, we basically were just in the house, like everybody else just waiting to see what happens. And I think that's still kind of the case, but, um, you know, like June, my, let's see, my son turned nine on June 8th. And then about a week after that, we left Dallas and drove. We just took off and drove up to Idaho. We got a house up here in, in Coeur d'Alene. And I've just been playing golf and wake surfing. And um, I guess I'm just turning into the country club type dude. I don't know. I'm trying to pick up tennis. <laughs> You know, uh, there's, there's all kinds of outdoor stuff up here. I like to be outside doing something, whether it's fishing or, uh, on the boat, wake surfing or, uh, golfing. So those, those are kind of things I've been doing, watching a lot of movies. I don't know. Oh, everybody's, everybody's kind of in the same boat. You know, I've, I've tried I've a couple of new hobbies and, and, and doing things. I've been doing a lot of fishing as well. Um, I, I enjoy being outside, but, um, how old are your kids? And, you know, I, I understand because mine are uh, eight and 11 and yours are probably somewhere in the same age group. Nine and 11. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and speaking of, speaking of picking up things, I tried the guitar for a little while there. How'd that go? <laughs> uh, it went all right. I got through, I, I, you know, I was picking at the beginning cause I, I knew nothing about it and I just had this guitar. So this guy in, in the minor leagues when I was in a ball wanted to figure out how to play the guitar. So he buys this guitar and basically he was going to trash it because he was getting so frustrated with it. He mm-hmm. couldn't play it. And he was asking around the clubhouse, anybody want a guitar? And nobody was taking it. And I said, I'll take the guitar. So this thing has been sitting in my house for, I don't know, 15 years. Oh, wow. And, and you know, the COVID thing hits, I'm sitting in my house locked up. I'm looking at this guitar like, oh, that's something to do. So I picked it up and I got this app on my phone. You're probably going to laugh at me, but. Uh, I'm not going to laugh at you, Ian. Have you ever seen me swing a bat? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably better than me trying to play guitar. I, just, uh, I don't know. I've seen her swing a bat. <laughs> bad? I, I had to go to the chiropractor. After I, <laughs> we, I'm not well, joking, man. All over my fingers now. Yeah, two weeks. So same difference. Yeah, <laughs> it is, man. But you, hey, it, but see, the guitar is something that. You can sit there and uh, after you get over the initial calluses and, and how it hurts the hell out of my fingers. Um, yeah, man, it's a lifelong, uh, it's a lifelong sport. And it's one of those things you get better at it 
the older you get, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like golf. Journey. Yeah. It seems like a little bit of a journey. It is. It is most definitely a journey. Oh yeah. But anyway, sorry to throw us off track. I got a nine and an 11 year old. So a boy is nine and my girl, um, is 11. That is, that's crazy. Parallels. Um, that, that's my, my boy turned eight in June and my, my daughter turns 11 well, next month. <laughs> what, what month are we in? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What day is it? Oh. God, it's Groundhog Day over and over and over, man. But, uh, no, um, you know, my kids, we started homeschooling this last year. This, the school where we live, the town that we, moved to uh, a few years ago is it's a K through 12. It's, it's just one school and it, it's awful. The education there is just, it's just trash. And my wife um, was a teacher for 15 years. Yeah, my wife was too. She, no kidding. I mean, she taught for a year and a half. She taught third grade for, she went to elementary education in school. And yeah, so this is weird. Golly, dude! I like. I feel like we're stepbrothers now. Also, you know? also, you're a high school sweetheart, right? A high school sweetheart, just like yeah. Cody. Yeah. Yeah. I married my high school sweetheart. I don't. Wow. I, I think. <laughs> I, yep. There is so much room for activities. Um, you know, but my wife, being a school teacher, she had that that background, and we moved out here, and uh, it it was just trash. The school that that. We were, you know, because this, the state ranks them and they were one rank away from, um, the state shutting them down. <laughs> so <laughs> my wife was like, yeah, I'm just going to teach the kids at home. So they were already kind of used to the homeschool thing whenever all this hit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's still been, it's still been, uh, been pretty weird. It's still been pretty weird. Yeah, it is weird. It's all weird. That's the only way to say it. Right. I think. It's, it's been, you know, and, you know, and we'll, we'll dive into baseball and stuff later, but you know, it is, has this, are you glad to be in the position you're in now as opposed to, you know, still being on a roster and having to go through what, you know, this, this, the, all the teams, the you know organizations are having to go through. I really am. Um, you know, it all worked out for me somehow. Uh, I got lucky, you know, I got lucky having neck surgery, if that's possible. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I went down in last August and mm-hmm. had the the disc slip in my neck. <clears throat> so I had to get that surgery and um, trying to come back like around Thanksgiving when I was finally cleared to, to start working out was just a pain in the ass, man. I couldn't my left arm was kind of shot the nerves. I didn't have any strength and I saw the uphill climb trying to get back into shape. And you know, you just have to be at a certain level when you get older. Cause all these, there's all these younger players that are coming and they're all, they all have so much energy and they're so strong and just alive. And you try to, you try to hang with them. And I saw the uphill battle and my, the general manager for the Padres, his name's AJ Preller was flying back and forth from Dallas to San Diego or when he was flying to, to Florida, he would stop in Dallas for a couple of days and we would talk and, you know, I was kind of keeping him up to date with how my body felt and what was going on. Cause I still had one more year on my deal. I was supposed to be playing this year. Um, and about Christmas time, I said, man, AJ, I've had enough. I can't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Um, and he said, you know, you're going to be a bench player, blah, blah, blah. And this, he, he, we were completely transparent with each other. And he, he said, I want you to work for me in the front office. 
Um, and when he told me that right away, I, you know, I get to stay in the game. Um, you know, I get, I get to, to feel part of something and, and, you know, still work for baseball and, and try to help some young kids. You know, really, he wanted me, he wanted me to be in touch with the minor league kids, mm-hmm. which right now there's no minor leagues going on. But, um, at the time it sounded great to me and, and it was just a huge relief for me because I couldn't do it physically and to be able to stay in the game and still, um, you know, I guess feel like I was kind of up, you know, I was kind of holding up my end of the bargain and, and staying with the Padres and, and trying to, trying to do right by them for, for them, you know, giving me the contract that they did. So it all worked out extremely well. And right now I'm, you know, I'll do some zoom calls with the minor league guys to help them out, but you know, they're, they're taking ground balls every day at, at USC and in California, basically as like a small minor leagues mm-hmm. um, where they're there with the coaches doing live batting practice because the pitchers aren't, they got to stay in shape. If, if a guy in the big league team gets hurt, they got to have a certain number of dudes ready to go. So I'll do zoom calls with those guys and kind of help them out. But then I'm just watching the Padres games every night. Um, you know, in case the manager calls me and has something to ask or the general manager has something to ask. And that's kind of what I'm doing now. So yeah, uh, the timing worked out and I'm not mad about it. I can tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel, uh, you know, with some of the guys that you, you played with and seeing them talk, maybe push too much, you know, do that extra year. Um, you know, I look at like Josh Hamilton. I love the guy, but I mean, Sometimes it's, it's time to be done with. Did, did seeing, and I don't mean to call him out, but those types of guys, did that kind of influenced your decision? <clears throat> yeah, it did. I think when you get older and your, and your kids start getting a little bit older, you just look at life differently. Um, you just have a different perspective. And like you said, there were players on previous teams that I looked at and, and they just seemed bitter. Um, they seemed upset because they couldn't perform anymore or they weren't getting the playing time they thought they deserved. Um, and I, as a younger player looking at those guys, I said, I'm never going to be that, that type of guy. Um, and I kind of made a pact with myself saying that's not, that's not the way I want to go out. Yeah. Uh, so it was, you know, just thinking about family and, and at the time, none of what's going on right now in life wasn't happening. You know, I was getting ready to, go to spring training and do the whole thing all over again and taking, you know, a nine year old and 11 year old and traveling around the country and getting on airplanes and my wife worrying about all the logistics and the scheduling for a whole nother summer to me just didn't seem right. And, um, everything lined up. So it was pretty easy for me to take advantage of that. But, um, yeah, you just kind of, you just kind of know. So it sounds, it sounds like you're, you're in a good place. Yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a good place, in a good place with as far as baseball, yeah. Yeah. Well, and we met you through a mutual friend uh with through Hatch. Yep. And um the first time we met Hatch was we got to go uh to the um the Padres facilities. And uh they were super. We were playing in San Diego. Hatch invited us out and they rolled out the red carpet like it was the it was the coolest thing, and it was did. an off day, like you know. Yeah, yeah, it was an it was an off day. We got to go play on the field, like we were playing catch on the field, and there's people taking like stadium tours, like paid tours, and like looking at us, like how did these knuckleheads 
you know, like <laughs> what do you got in boots yeah, and their boots and jeans on the field playing catch like how does that work so uh but you know that was cool man i got a i got a cool padres jersey i think it was 2018 so that it had 18 and jinx on the back they had had it made for me and all that and um it was really uh it was cool man you know and, and it's i don't know the nuts and bolts of an organization everything there seemed to be pretty rad yeah and it this might sound a little weird, but they love country music. It seems like, um, and, and, you know, Justin Hatcher Hatch is, as we know him, he, he's pulled some strings, man. He knows, mm-hmm. he knows the right people to talk to and he's not scared to, to, uh, get somebody, somebody out doing something like that and have, have a fun day. Uh, and the Padres are always great at, great at doing that. They never, honestly, when it could have been anybody, but they, they rarely blink an eye when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, they like having, having people like you and, and around, you know, yeah. it's just, it just makes the day more fun, honestly. And like yeah. you said, we're there for an off day. So that was probably even easier, but if there was a game going on, I'm sure that they could have done it then too, or I've seen them do it. So the Padres, there's a good organization when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. We, you know, cause we're, we're all huge baseball, but football, we're sports fans, but we're just, you know, we're all big sports fans and we've gotten to do a couple of, um, you know, the pregame, the, you know, batting practice, batting practice to, uh, tour in the facilities and stuff like that. And definitely San Diego was, was one of the, the nicest, uh, the nicest times we had. They, they really, in, in all the organizations that have brought us in or let us come in and see everything have, have been fantastic. But San Diego was especially fun. I just love the town as well. Oh yeah. Can't beat that place. Yeah. It's beautiful. Nice. It's right there on the water like that. And just the weather is always fantastic. And it's just a great, great place to watch a baseball game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of baseball, do you care if we, uh, you care if we talk some baseball? No, let's dive into it. That's the only thing we're really <laughs> talking about. This, this might take, this might take a couple episodes. I mean, he sets records and breaks his own and then he, you know, geez, <laughs> man. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I would like to just set a record and then be able to break my own record. That would be, that would be cool. But, um, all back, just smash away. We're, we're, we're not, we're not going to dive into, I could, I could go into what you've done and the things that you've accomplished. Um, but, you already know what you've done and you've accomplished right now. You are, uh, what, tell us about the Israeli national baseball team. Yeah. So this is crazy. Um, so I'm, I'm like the story that I was telling you about working out and the surgery and my body, not really responding right in the middle of all this, the general manager for, for the Israeli Olympic team calls me. And asked me if I would be interested in playing for the Israeli base, you know, Olympic baseball team this summer, 2020 Olympics. And I was like, man, I don't know. At the time, I didn't know if I was going to retire, if I was going to try to play or what was going on. Well, so I ended up making my mind up to retire and, and I called this guy back and I said, yeah, I think I, I think I'd be interested in doing this. What is this? What is this thing like? What does it entail? What do I have to do? What do, how do I play for? another country in the Olympics. What, what, what hoops do I have to jump through? Um, and they, they had contacted me before with the, with the world baseball classics going on, um, to try to play for them. But I played, I, I ended up playing for team USA 
And that was obviously first and foremost. Um, but then I have this opportunity to, to play in the Olympics, which is, you know, every athlete's dream. I think that's just a cool deal. Just opening ceremonies, closing ceremonies, the whole thing. And it's in, and it's in Tokyo. So it, it really fired me up. Um, well, come to find out, I got to go to Israel. I got to get my passport and my citizenship. Um, and, and your dad is from Israel. Isn't that correct, Ian? No, he's from New York. He's from the Bronx. He's okay, the, oh, Jewish. That's right. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, my dad's, and, and in the Jewish religion, if, you're, if your mother's not Jewish, you're not considered Jewish, I guess. I don't know all these things. I'm learning these things. <laughs> um, so, I, like, I'm not a practicing anything. I just, you know, I'm trying to, trying to sponge in all the information I can. Well, Come to find out, my dad's Jewish. I'm half Jewish. I have an opportunity to go play for Israel, but I have to go over there and get my passport and my citizenship. Then the whole COVID thing starts to happen, and they they rush the trip. So me and my wife take off from Dallas. We land in Newark before going overseas, and the prime minister of Israel issues a mandate of 14-day quarantine if you don't land on your airplane before a certain time on that day that we're traveling. So did you, do you remember the date specifically? Oh man, no, I don't. It was all such a blur. I could probably figure it out. Um, well, cause we flew to New York. What day was that? The March 11th, uh, March 11th. March 11th. We flew to New York to start a tour. So we kind of have that. Yeah. yeah. We might have crossed cross paths. <laughs> but, but yeah. We, so you actually, you and your wife flew to New York. You were about to, yeah, so we Israel. Exactly. We're about to fly to Israel and the people we're supposed to be in contact with aren't picking up their phones. They're not answering text messages, but we're reading on like Twitter and news feeds on Google and all this stuff. That the prime minister is issuing this 14 day quarantine if you land after a certain amount of time in Israel. So we're freaking out because we can't go stay in Israel for two weeks. We got our kids at home. We haven't lined up all this childcare. You know, you gotta have somebody to carry your kids. So. My wife's kind of freaking out, whatever, but we get on the plane anyway. We're like, we're, we're halfway there. We got to just go. We got to do this thing. So we land four hours before the 14 day quarantine. And then we leave and we, we're coming back. So we just, we're there for a week. We're like, I mean, it is in and out and we see everything. We see Jerusalem, um, Tel Aviv. Like we see all these different sites. Just, it's incredible. I, I, I don't even know how to really explain it, but, but through pictures, um, just the, the crazy things that you see there. Uh, so we make a quick turnaround, come back home. We land back in Newark and the international flight space, uh, the baggage claim area is completely empty. No one's in there. We got like the early flight coming in. We land at like 8 a.m. In, in Newark, which is, you know, high traffic time. And there's no other person in this, in this area except for our plane and the passengers on our plane. And our plane was probably 80% capacity. So it's super, super weird and a uh, little creepy. And so that's, that's the trip that we took to go over there. But yeah, I'm, I'm now a citizen and a passport holder of Israel and going to be competing in the Olympics. And they, they moved it to uh, next summer, 2021 uh, in Tokyo. So right now I'm just chilling and get back to work, uh, get awesome. back to out and get in shape probably in, in December. Yeah. So that, that was going to be my next question was, was 
what, you know, your regiment is and, um, is it a constant thing or, or do you, you know, just kind of like a boxer, you like, you'll just start working out before. Yeah. I think I've been doing it my whole life. And to be honest with you, I can't stand the smell or the sight of another weight or gym or (laughs) or box jump or any of that crap right now. So I'm trying to just be active, uh, you know, playing tennis and basketball and, you know, golf's not really that hard. You kind of drink and play golf, you know, it's not mm-hmm. a difficult sport, but I'm outside all day. You know, I'm, I'm in somewhat good shape still. And I think I'll be able to pick it back up pretty quickly when I want to start, start, uh, cranking on it pretty hard. I think, you know, if, if the Olympics is in July, Usually for spring training, which is in March, I'll start training around Thanksgiving to get ready for spring training in March. So I figure if I start training around Thanksgiving for an Olympics in July, I should be fine. So I, I think that's kind of what I'm, I'm set on right now is probably, t- you know, stuff my face full of turkey and stuffing and all that stuff. And then, get- <laughs> and, and, yeah. and then, and then get to the gym. So, <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, now I, I'm just going to ask this. I'm going to ask it for Josh because you, you mentioned golf a couple times. How's your, how's your game? Um, last week it was incredible. This week it's terrible. <laughs> so, so you're an average golfer. Uh, I would like to think I'm a little bit above average. <laughs> well, I'm below average, so we'll uh, we'll just call it even there. Okay. Very nice. Oh, I was tired. So, so are we call? Are we talking like a, you know, average day is a 82? Well, what what are we looking at here? That's uh, not a very good day. Oh like, my goodness, we can't play dang. together. I'm, no, y'all can't play together. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a hundred, and if yeah, I hit hundred, I'm, I'm doing together. pretty good. I don't, I'm not, I'm not like a golf snob. You know, I play with anybody. I don't care. All right. All right. <laughs> you wouldn't play with me. <laughs> I can't. I, 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 so I, uh, I started playing golf, uh, about, what was it two, about three years ago, Josh? Yeah. And three. We went out, um, we're friends with Jamie Johnson, the country singer, and he, uh, he loves golf. He, you know, he's, he's a, you know, Jamie's, Jamie's low 80s. Jamie's a if if he if he puts it on he'll he'll shoot a seventy eight all day long. He's you know he's he's good enough to go out there and and you know make my one thirty look worse than my one thirty actually looks. So he said uh, he said you need to come play golf with me and and uh, and I was like Jamie I don't I don't play golf at the time I was thirty six years old thirty seven years old and I said man I don't I don't play golf. He said no you need to you need to come out you know he quit he quit drinking he quit. Uh, everything, you know, and that became his, his whole thing, you know, and, uh, he just dove into it and he just, he's still in it real thick. So I was like, okay. And at the time we were doing, we were doing some shows with him and whatnot. So I, uh, Josh actually bought me my first set of clubs for my birthday a few years ago. And, uh, I started going and playing golf with, uh, with uh with Jamie and we'd go out there and us and Jamie and Ward Davis and and you know some other singer songwriter types and I got so freaking frustrated with it that I just I I quit and I've never quit anything in my life. I quit playing golf. I, I knew like- I wasn't yeah. Yeah, I, I knew I wasn't good at basketball, but I liked playing it. I knew I wasn't good at baseball, but I liked playing it. 
I was pretty good at football in high school on that level. That was fine. Enjoyed that. Uh, fuck golf, dude. <laughs> I, I say that every day. <laughs> every day I walk home after my round, and I look at my scorecard. I say, fuck golf. Yeah, it's, it's bad, man. I don't know. You know, I didn't. Josh, you know, Josh, and, and Josh, give me some credit. I went to lessons. Me I mean, and Keith, he did. He, he all took, of us he did. The, three, yeah. less, three lessons, three separate times, you know, throughout two years. And, um, um, and I've never seen anybody just use a seven iron until they got to the green. <laughs> <laughs> you guys in. You guys went in for it. <laughs> well, and we all got into it, and Keith got into it as well. Um, and uh, you retired faster than I did. Oh yeah, man. That, that, uh, I know why it's a four letter word and we'll leave it at that. Like, yeah, (laughs) that's all you say out there is those words. Yeah. Have you guys seen, uh, Robin Williams stand up comedy deal on golf? uh No, you need to check it out on YouTube. It's like, okay. Yeah. It's so good. Well, whenever you get back to Dallas, uh, I'll come up and swing a seven iron the whole time. We'll all four play. Cody, <laughs> you come out and just drive the golf cart. Hey, if it's a if it's a scramble, if it's a scramble, I'm in, man. Yeah, we can do that. We'll just we'll if, if I can play off somebody's if I can play off somebody's drive, I'm I'm usually I'm usually okay. You know, I just can't get off the box. That's that's my deal. Like once it's time to start using you know things that aren't woods, you know, I'm still bad but it gets better um i just can't get off the box man put me on the if i try to hit from the men's tee i usually don't make it to the women's tee it's, yeah. oh, you know that <laughs> it's it's bad oh man hey let's um let's 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 bring it back to baseball just just one thing i did want to ask you about um man what's it like to win a world series Oh, it's tough to, it's tough to describe, honestly. It's just like a lot of, it's a lot of, uh, flashbacks, a lot of memories, a lot of like, you know, you look at your dad and all the things that, that he went through, uh, when you were a kid and all, you know, practices and the coaches and just everything that went into it and to finally be at the pinnacle of something that you've worked so hard at, you know, I think is, it's hard to describe. You know, it's hard to describe, especially when you lose two World Series previously and, and one, you're just so close to grabbing it. Those uh, still hurt me. Those still hurt all of us. We're Texas Rangers fans, man. Never not hurt. That's oh just my God. We, we, all right, Josh, do you remember this? We were playing the cigar bar in yes. Euless, Texas. We were playing the cigar bar. And it was game seven. And the owner, no, we the, were, no that was game six. Was it six? That was okay. the game six night. And the owner came to us. We were supposed to be playing the show. And he goes, guys, we're going to go ahead and pay you anyway, but we, we can't miss this ball game. So we just, we didn't play. We just sat there and got paid, uh, to watch game six. Oh, man. what a hell of a game though. <laughs> oh gosh. It was still a great game though. Oh, oh my gosh. It was so much fun. Classic, it was all time classic. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was so, so, so much fun. And, and, you know, being a lifelong Rangers fan, man, like going back, some of my first memories were going to, um, Arlington Stadium, you know, 
when I was six and they still had bleachers and, uh, you know, watching, you know, God, man, like when I was six, seven years old, Julio Franco and Ruben Sierra and Rafael Palmero and Gino Petrali and, uh, you know, Pudge coming on, you know, later, you know, I got to see Nolan Ryan pitch that park just so by the time 2010, 2011 came around, you know, that's just, uh, oh, I, we won't dwell on that. Yeah, it's okay. I, I, <laughs> but you won one. You got yeah, one. I, yeah. I got one. And Mitch Moreland was right there with me, which was a crazy thing. Oh, like, yes. He's standing, and, and me and Mitch are tight. We don't talk a lot because he's always on a deer stand somewhere, so you can't get a hold of him. <laughs> yeah, he is hard to get a hold of. So, you know, I'm, I was a little bit of a big brother to Mitch when he came up with the Rangers. We had that kind of relationship going on. And then when I get traded to Boston, he's kind of the leader there. And he's kind of the guy that everybody looks to and he does everything right. He's kind of a hard, a hard ass. So just to watch him grow into that and then be traded over to Boston and see where he's at in his career and what he's done. And then we're in Dodger stadium standing next to each other and it's a three run lead with nobody on base. And we got two outs and Chris sales is on the mound and Mitch comes over and he stands right next to me and we bump elbows and he looks at me and he's about ready to say something. And I said, shut up, man. Don't say it. <laughs> let's, just watch, let's just watch. Chris is going to, you know, strike Manny out and everything's going to be good, but we're not going to say it, you know? And then, and then Chris, Chris sale throws that nasty slider and Manny goes down swinging and it was just on. Yeah. Well, Oh God. Yeah. Just the, the feeling is, is, yeah, it's gotta be like, I don't know, winning an Oscar and a Grammy and a Tony and a, like everything, you know, collectively, um, at the same time. Yeah. Who do you think? Who do you think? You know, it's, it's impossible to think about it. And my dad and my mom and my best friend that I grew up with in, in uh, Tucson are all my sisters on the field, my wife, my kids. And, you know, I'm like, hand my hand the World Series over to my dad. You know, I think that's just that was the coolest thing to do. My mom's crying. My dad's trying to hold back tears. You know, it's just it was an awesome, awesome moment. That's awesome. Well, you brought up Mitch. um, And that was that was a question that I had, not specifically about Mitch, but, you know, things certain things about people that were were, don't get anybody in trouble. I'm not asking for dirt. But, you know, guys, you just really loved being around the clubhouse for whatever reason. There's a lot of reasons why you love people, you know, in, in the clubhouse. The thing about baseball that I think is tough for, pe- for people to understand, I'm sure you guys know it, but it's every day, you know, it's every day. And, and we show up at the ballpark at two o'clock and you usually don't leave until midnight. And it, you're, you're with this group of guys for an extended period of time every single day. So it really does become like a second family. Uh, and you meet the most interesting characters. You know, you meet these people from all over the world. There's just, it's a global game. So you have, you know, Latin American people, you got Japanese people, you got Canadians, you got, um, you know, Americans from different parts of the country. You got Louisiana boys, you got people from Florida, you got people from the North, uh, you know, up in like Mike Trout's from, from up North and like New Jersey. And then you got all these California and Texas people and, um, it's just such a such a global game. You meet people from all over the place, and uh, you know it's really hard. That's probably the hardest question that I get asked is like favorite teammates. Yeah, because everybody's so different. I mean, 
Mike Napoli, Mike Napoli was an incredible teammate, but I can't like Michael Young. We still talk. We're still really, really tight. Our, our families still know each other. Our kids. I mean, his son plays shortstop and my son plays second base on the same little baseball team. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's, cool. <laughs> that's, cool. that's so, Oh, that's funny. So we're like sitting on the sidelines watching our kids play short and second, you know, it's just, yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So it's just hard to pick one. And, and the best way I can answer is answer. It is the winning teams are the teams that those are the players that I remember. Those are the guys that I remember when you're on, like when you're in a group, of winning, like in a winning environment, everything just, just flows better. There's no one cares about the little shit. You know, yeah. there's no like nitpicking and, and finger pointing and like wondering why that guy's 30 minutes late or why he's on the training table, you know, doubting if he's injured kind of crap. Winning so, cures a lot of things, huh? Yeah. Winning really does. It cures everything. And Went the losing team. So I was in Detroit and we, I think we lost 99 games. We almost lost a hundred games one year. And that, I mean, I, I, I don't remember anybody besides three dudes or, you know, <laughs> I really don't care. Um, so it's just those teams in Texas, the 2010, 2011 teams, they just stand out in my mind, like probably forever. Um, just remembering those guys and, you know, Nelson Cruz, Vladimir Guerrero was there to kind of start it all. And this guy, he didn't say a word in English, but he had, he just had the demeanor and the aura of a leader and somebody that, that people trusted. And then he delivered on the field. So, um, you know, Elvis Andrews is like this young dude in 2000, in 2010, the first year he made that run, I think he was 20 years old. Yeah. I mean, this dude's 20 years old. He can't have a beer with us. Um, but he's, but he's running the radio. You know, he's running the music in a big league clubhouse. We got vets of 15 years, 11, 15 years, and we got this little 20-year-old kid just jamming out and changing songs and picking up our, our mixes every day. He's playing the music in the clubhouse. So he had a he, he was just so charismatic. He still is. But um, at the time, it was just crazy because he's 20 years old. Now he's got two kids and he's, you know, grown up and all this stuff. Yeah. We're trying to grow up. But um you know, We're all still trying to grow up, man. I, mean, I don't think that that fight ever ends, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> so you're still, um, you've made permanent residence in Dallas. Is that where, yeah. where, where y'all, and do, do you kind of plan to at least, at least till your kids are, kids are done with school, stay, stay in this area? Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't see myself leaving Dallas. Um, me and my wife love it. My, um, my parents moved out there. My sister moved out there. My wife's sister moved there. Uh, she's married now and I think they're getting ready to have a baby. Um, so this is your home. Yeah. Dallas is home for sure. Awesome. You did bring up your, uh, you know, your schedule and you know, how, how your baseball team is your second family kind of like with us on the road. So now that you're done with, with baseball, when's the last time you spent this much amount of time with your wife or have you ever? <laughs> <laughs> Where, that's, that's, where are we going with this? <laughs> it's, it's not loaded. That's not loaded. No, it's not loaded. Not loaded. Like, it will, but, you know, she like said, we've been home for five months. I've never been around my wife for five months without oh, no. leaving no. the house. No. Ever. So is this the first time for you? 
Yeah, that's why Cody's wife got up and left one that's call. Just, my, my, my wife drove two states over, man. She was like, peace. Yeah, so yes, this is the first time I've really spent this much time with my family, you know. Yeah. Uh, my parents, really, since since high school. I left and went to college, and I didn't – that was it. You know, I'd see, you'd see them randomly, and you see them during the holidays. You see them for a little bit of a period of time where it's, you know, a week or two. And then you're back doing something, you know, you're, you're working towards something or you're just consumed with it. You know, I was consumed with baseball at the time. I, I now looking back, I was probably a little bit of a, you know, tough pill probably to deal with. Cause I was just so consumed. I, I tell people all the time back then that I didn't, baseball's number one, like, sorry, that's just the way it is. Like I love baseball more than anything else. And that's the way it is. And now looking back, you know, that's, I don't know if that was, that's probably what made me good, but it's completely different now. You know, baseball is probably fourth or fifth and I love it. I could talk all day about it, but, um, the mentality that I had towards it then was, it was just different. So yeah, this is the first time I've ever, ever hung out with my family for this long. And, um, you fall into your routine, you know, you fall into your routines and everybody kind of figures out what everyone's doing and, get along and the days are good. You know, everyone's got things that, that they can, they can go do. I mean, my wife, my wife likes to hike and run and exercise. So she gets, you know, her two, three hours of herself and I get to go out on the golf course and do my thing. And my kids get to go play outside and do their thing. So it's, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's been interesting. Um, for everybody, you know, we said weird while ago, interesting <clears throat> because the, the, the dynamic has changed a little bit because like my kids, I've never, we've never been home this much, you know, I mean, um, you know, it, it you play 162 ball games a year, your travel time and all your time invested, you know, like that takes up the majority of your year. Um, much like being on tour, you know, you don't say, well, we're just going to tour during the summertime. We're going to tour during the wintertime or whatever, whatever, you know, it's, you know, you just, you go out when it's time to go to work. And me being home for the last really five months, um, I think uh, a tough pill to swallow. That's probably a, a, a good a good assessment of uh, my kids going that, you know, this today has an extra high gear of asshole mode that they didn't, that they didn't know existed. Oh yeah. You know, cause normally I'd be home for two weeks, three weeks, and then it was time to, you know, I went back to work for three or four weeks or whatever. Um, and <laughs> I think they've seen a different side of dad. Have, have you, have you gotten to know your kids a little better too? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's always, we were the good ones, you know, we were the, we were never the disciplinary. So when we, right. we, home, we had our time at home, it was always jumping in our arms. We were swinging around, we get to play and have fun. And mama's got to be the, the, the one that's setting them straight. And now, now all that's on me. Yeah. She's sick and tired of it. And <laughs> she, she's a negotiator, my wife, and I'm not much of a negotiator. I mean, yeah you either do it this way or you, you know, there's going to be something going on. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's good. It's been good. Well, it's been really good to, to, cause, cause you know how it is parenting from a phone just 
that doesn't work. It's hard. You can't, you can't tell them to do their homework when you're, you know, thousand miles away. Yeah. Well, they're not going to listen to you anyway. And, and the fact of the matter is when you're a thousand miles away, you know, you're probably not talking about homework anyway, you know, it's, but you know, whenever you get home and, you know, I know that, that, you know, we feel like this and you may as well. Sometimes when you get home, you just feel like you've ruined their whole routine. It takes a couple of weeks, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, uh, By the time you get into what you're supposed to be doing, it's time for us to leave again. Usually, yeah. usually I don't even try. I'm just like, whatever. I'm not. <laughs> you got out. I'll stay out of the way. Yeah, yeah I'm here, but I'm not here. Okay, exactly. exactly. Oh my god. I mean, the thing they don't understand is, you know, you could, you can go on tour, and you can do your thing on tour, but but what are you going to sing? What are you going to do on tour? You got to work on that too. You know, so that that takes time. Also, the the whole preparation for what you're doing to entertain takes a lot of time also. It's not just like let's get in the bus and go. Like you gotta know what yeah. know what you're touring. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's very much work for sure. Um speaking of speaking of touring, we we met you um I mentioned earlier at our Christmas show in uh a year and a half ago at eighteen. You were there with with Hatch and by the way, Keith, we need to call Hatch and, and uh get him on this. We need to Oh yeah, I, call, I called him yesterday, man. That, that's still one of the best dudes, man. Oh yeah, he's he's great, and hands down, one of the only people I've ever met that can drink more beer than me. And yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. He he can he can drink, and then like he just he, he doesn't even seem inebriated. He's just good. He doesn't sleep either. <laughs> no, it's, it's no, insane. It's like, I don't know how he does it. Uh, well, I came up with him in minor leagues, so we played together. And yeah. we played in this little town called Clinton, Iowa together. And I don't know if you've ever been to Clinton, Iowa, but there's not much going on. Uh, maybe two stoplights and like a riverboat casino is all we got. <laughs> yeah. And his host family, the people that he was living with there, owned, owned one of the bars in town. I think one of the four bars in town. Oh, and, it had, and it had one of the only pool tables in town. So after the games, it was straight to Hatch's place. And he would be behind the bar running the place. And like, I mean, this dude, he, he ran that bar for a whole summer. It was crazy. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I, I don't know, doubt dude. it at all, man. The crazy yeah. part about it was we're playing ball at that point. You've seen how he is. You know, he'll stay up all night with whoever wants to and, and he's drinking beer or whatever. He'll, so he'll do that. But then the next day he'll get up and catch nine innings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know problem. how he does it. Yeah. But he, 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 I told him, I told him a couple of years ago, I said, if I had to pick top five, like if I was putting a beer drinking team together, like he would be on my beer drinking team. Like he's, he's, he's that good at it. Um, and I drink a lot of beer. I'm drinking Perrier limes right now because, um, I ran out of beer. I got to go to the store after we, uh, <laughs> this is the first time since quarantine. I haven't had beer at the house. Can you crazy. get beer off Amazon? That's a great question, Ian. I don't know. Straight to the door. <sighs> that would make it a whole lot cooler if it did. But um, like I said, all right. So met you through Hatch at the Christmas show. Let's talk a little bit about about music. Um, you know, whenever you're, you know, a lot of a lot of players, athletes have, um, you know, their headphones on while they're warming up or doing, you know, like, what do you listen to? I listen to everything. So when I was, when I was playing, I listened to what was playing in the clubhouse. 
I wasn't a guy that, that liked to have my earphones in. I liked to hear what, what everybody was saying or what everybody's talking about and be involved. I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a social butterfly, I guess, in the clubhouse. I like to move around and see what everyone's doing. But, um, you know, I, for me, it's always during the baseball season, if, I, if I'm on a bus or I had a bad game and I just don't want to talk to anybody, and I just kind of want to get away and put put some earphones in, like you said. It my go to is always country music, mm-hmm. um, and I honestly didn't start listening to country music until I was a senior in high school. So the year two thousand, before that, it was in my little Honda Civic uh, hatchback. I had Billy Joel's All Time Greatest Hits was on was on playing there and hey uh, you can't go wrong with with some uh, billy joel man oh and then uh dmx's red his red disc yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i was going hardcore to like you know some emotional music but um then i started figuring out country music is kind of my jam and like my senior year um 99.5 in Tucson, Arizona, I think was the station. And then I went to a place called Central Arizona Junior College to play baseball. Mm-hmm. And in between Tucson and Phoenix, out in the middle of the desert. And that's all we did was listen to country music. So that's yeah. kind of when it start. That's when I started to learn all the songs and get into, get into the music and, and actually understand it. Um, and then I didn't get introduced to like a Texas country music until a guy named Josh Frazier was our bullpen catcher in, in Texas. Um, and he introduced me into the whole Texas country scene and that's, and, and that's when I kind of got, got into that a little bit. Uh, so at least knew what it was. Yeah. So as far as the Texas country guys go, like who would you go see as far as those guys go? Uh, I mean, what is, what is, uh, I like Randy Rogers a lot. Well, what is, Ass, he's an asshole, huge, <laughs> huge asshole. No, he's, he was supposed to be on the podcast the other day and he, he backed out on me. Oh. No, I, I, no, Randy and I are, are, are good friends. Dude, he's uh, told us so many gambling games, man. Oh yeah. Don't gamble with him. No. <laughs> or gamble with him. And, uh, and you'll Josh, win. Josh took him for a bunch of money one day. Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I took him for a couple hundred bucks one day, and then, <laughs> and then was told by his uh, uh by Brady, his uh, fiddle player, he's like, you should probably leave the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, see ya. Uh, anyway, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, man. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. This is good. Um, I I got down with Josh Abbott band in Minnesota one year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like right before the All Star break. We had a crazy night in Minnesota. Uh, a lot of drinking and a lot of things that yeah. were a lot of fun. Um, drinking and things, yeah, yeah, drinking and things. Well, and really in Minnesota, and I love Minnesota. I'll, we have a huge. We go to Minneapolis, man. We'll put we'll put eight or ten thousand in Minneapolis. That market's been so good for us. We love it up there. But having toured up there in the winter time. That is all those people do is drink. Oh yeah, and eat ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, yeah, uh, yeah it, it's uh, <clears throat> it's uh, all there is to do up there. Like you get into like Wisconsin, Minnesota, you know, all those the big old old states, you know, Michigan, and, <clears throat> Michigan, yeah, and that's all those people do is drink. Yeah. So what is 
a band that I used to listen to a long time. I don't know if it's Texas country, but it's uh, cross Canadian rad ragweed. Yeah. Yeah. They're from Oklahoma though, right? Yeah, they were, they were, <clears throat> they, you know, the, cause the Texas, the Texas red dirt uh, movement, I guess is, is, you know, that's, uh, that encompassed, you know, Josh and, and Randy and Wade and cross Canadian ragweed and, um, and guys of that nature, which were all completely different bands. You know, some of them were more country than others. Some of, you know, cross Canadian ragweed, definitely a rock and roll band. Um, and Cody Canada, man, he's, he's, he's fantastic. Um, he's a really talented guy. We've been doing a, uh, um, a show every Monday night online called sequestered songwriters and uh uh cody's on it every week and i'm on it every week and it's where we just sing a song from somebody else you know but uh no he's a, he's a super good one it, it was really influential in the whole texas uh the whole texas red dirt scene you know i remember you know josh you remember back then cross canadian ragweed oh you know oh two oh three oh four oh five you know, yeah, I, mean, I mean, that was, that, they were that, that's when I was, and, and that's when I was living in Oklahoma. Um, you know, and those guys, you know, were, were up in Stillwater, um, Ragweed and Stony LaRue, Bowen. It was the yellow house up there and they all lived together. And, you know, the, the old days of the wormy dog in Stillwater, you know, that's in, in rea- reality, that's kind of where the, the red dirt movement was born. I, I believe, um, you know, Red Dirt Rangers before them, that, that was early nineties stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but th- th- that's, you know, and then it, of course, kind of moved down to, down to Texas naturally. Um, cause Oklahoma in general does not have a very good live music scene, period. You know, at least, at least back in those days, it's, it's probably gotten better, but yeah, that, that's kind of how that happened, which would have culminated with, you know, with you, Ian, as far as when you got down, down here to Texas and that was kind of it, its height, you know, or, or when it really took off, for sure. Yeah, that's when I started learning about all of it. And then, where, how does Pat Green fit in all that? Because I saw, I saw Pat Green in in 2003 in Spokane, Washington. Probably 200 people in a rainy night, just listening to this guy jam away. He never let. I mean, he just kept playing in the rain, just jamming away. And I'm like, man, this guy's awesome. And then the whole thing about the radio and all this stuff, and like, mm-hmm. I don't know, how does he fit in all this stuff? I I, I would have to say. It, if 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 you were to say like the biggest what you would consider Texas red dirt artist ever, I think it would be Pat Green. I think, I mean, I don't. But I, I think don't know Pat that has more of that Texas country, that kind of Western swing. Like I, I do feel, you know, Pat has more of that traditional country sound, which gives it more of a Texas country as opposed yeah. to the to the red dirt, and that's why they kind of mesh and call it Texas red dirt because. They naturally fit together, you know. And Pat, Pat's had a a phenomenal career. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. Pat's Pat's done. Nobody's does everything the right way. We're humans, and we make mistakes. But Pat's career path has uh, has been fantastic, man. He, you know, he got out of the Texas Red Dirt thing, not by changing his music or anything, but he he went na- nationwide. You know, he, he was one of the guys cause you know, <clears throat> you can really get compartmentalized and just be a regional band. Um, if you're in the Texas red dirt thing and there's bands that are on tour buses that never have to leave the state of Texas and in, in Oklahoma. And that serves a lot of people really well. Uh, 
Pat was really one of those guys. He's like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go all over, you know? And, uh, uh, yeah, man, he has a career that, that for sure, man, he, he, he's done a lot. He's, he's done a lot. He's made a lot of money. Uh, he's been smart, you know, and, uh, now he plays when he wants, <laughs> he, he just, you know, plays golf. I don't know. <laughs> Four letter word. Yeah, exactly. Well, you guys got, have you guys got Chris Paddock on this thing yet? Oh, we, uh, we had him down and, um, your son, Larson came with us whenever we were in Corpus and remember Chris came to the show. Yeah. Like, he played like uh, Chris was throwing Larson the ball. Like Larson was hitting, uh, like yeah. he played baseball with him for probably an hour that day, doing load in and sound check and stuff, but we'll, we'll get him on. Yeah. I'd, yeah. L- I'd love to have him on. He's, uh, just, uh, that's I a good kid. Dude. I'm almost 40. Um, man, he's a great kid. You know, uh, he's, in, I don't, he's a grown man, but you know, he is a, just, he played with my kid, you know, at one of our shows, like, like Bobby was saying, but, uh, man, just a, a real, real nice, you know, kind, uh, um, he's going to have a great career. I hope. Yeah. He gets it. You know, he gets it. He gets yeah. what it's about and he goes at it hard. And I just, I, I wonder, cause you, you know, he, he walks out to your music. You know that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. That's <laughs> it's, it's super cool. We've, we've had uh, a number of players, um, that I've gotten to meet, you know, over the years that, that walk out to our songs and it's, it just, man, it's a thrill for us. I think Matt Kane, um, from, uh, San Francisco was, he was one of the first. Um, and mm-hmm. anyway, it, <clears throat> I got to talk with him. I talked to him the day he retired after he pitched his last game. I, I gave him a holler, you know, and just, Hey man, you know, you know, enjoy, you know, time and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, there's been, uh, we got to meet Matt Carpenter last year. Um, that's who hurt his back. Yeah. Matt made me, that's, that's why I had to go to the chiropractor. Matt, uh, handed me his log of a bat and he's like, Hey man, come hit bat and practice with us. And, uh, they, all the players, were, they were, they were behind the cage, just like this, like watching my dumb ass, you know, it, I was, I was hitting them, but they weren't going very far, you know, it's, they were all laughing at me, but yeah. So, you know, it's getting to meet you guys and, and, uh, you know, cause you know, everybody, not everybody, but most people love sports. Most people, uh, enjoy a, a good ball game. Um, you know, like people like going to concerts. So, um, it's really a lot of fun getting to, uh, getting to meet you guys and, uh, you know, it, you know, hearing our music playing in stadiums and, you know, that's, that's really a, a big thrill for us. That's, uh, probably one of the, my most fun parts of the job. Yeah. I don't know what it, I had a, I think I put an Instagram post on my son was hit taking bag practice in a little cage and your, your music was playing in the back. I didn't even realize it at the time. And I posted the, the video. And someone said, Oh, Cody Jenks is playing in the background. And I'm like, Okay, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that, that you were on there jamming, but, um, you know, awesome. yeah, it's, it's, I think it's super cool that people that, you know, you guys, you guys make music and athletes or everybody really, it doesn't really matter what walk of life. You, you enjoy the music, but then, but then to hear it in this whole nother venue where they're playing it, I mm-hmm. think just super cool. 
Oh, it is. It is. You know, and, and like sitting in a stadium and hearing hearing your your music come on, and you're just like, "Oh shit, that's me!" You know, <clears throat> and and nobody around you knows, but you do, and that's, <laughs> it's kind of. And then they like, look at you funny for saying that's me. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, "No, that's me. That's me." You know, and they're like, "Yeah, whatever, dude." You know. Well, you gonna sing a national anthem anytime soon, or what? That is the scariest thing ever, dude. That I have never been more scared. I've done it twice, and um, I I don't mind if I never do it again. To be quite honest with you, it's it's probably the two most nervous. Because like, if you butcher that man, and it's super easy to do, if you butcher that, it's like throwing out the first pitch, like uh, Fifty Cent. You know, it's like. <laughs> Like Dr. It's, <laughs> yeah. Dr. Fauci. Yeah. yeah. God, his, that was a bad one too. That was bad. <laughs> and he was an athlete back in the day. I know, I know he's like 80, but come on, dude. You know, like that's, uh, we got, I got to throw out, uh, the first pitch last year in, uh, Fenway and not nearly as, um, as bad as having to sing the national anthem. I'll throw the fi- first pitch out any day. The, the anthem scares the shit out of me. Really? So yes. tell me, what, what were the two times that you sang it? Um, I did both of them. They weren't ball games, actually. Uh, I did um, back-to-back years. Uh, what, what was it called? It was, it was for Thanksgiving. Uh, the HEB and Central Market grocery stores uh, basically put on this giant, they call it the feast of sharing, I, I believe. And it's basically a, a Thanksgiving um, thing that they do every year. They invite the community out and feed everybody. And they bust the really homeless, a, I think, you know. Yeah. 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 And, and um, so the, the first time I did it, I, I sang in front of like 10,000 people. Um, and I think at that time, that's the most people I'd ever sang in front of, you know, but, and I, I sound better with a band behind me in, um, I don't have the best singing voice uh, ever, so uh, acapella. That night I heard you in Dallas. You were on point, dude. Okay, well, thank you, but at least I had a guitar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when it's just acapella, man, it's it's it's. I don't and know. you weren't outside. This is true. Yeah, I, I wasn't. Might have been outside or something. Yeah, we were. We, we the first, the second year I did it, we were outside. But yeah, that's um, that's that's all. You know, I I got asked to do it. Uh, last year or a couple of years ago, we were going to be up in Minnesota. Was it was it the Vikings game, Keith? They asked yeah. me to do it. Yeah, and uh, and I turned it down, which I probably should have. Huh? The Rangers, Texas Rangers, asked you to sing. If they, you know, I because that's he, my home he team. Not, he better not say no. I I see because now Ian's going to call somebody. He's going to be like, hey, Jinx wants to sing the anthem. <laughs> no, he hates to sing the anthem, but you should get him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll I'll just say this: it would it would it would be an honor, but but I might say no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hey, uh, we've we've touched on everything that I've got, guys. Did. And I don't want to take up too much of your time, Ian. You've been more than gracious. It's we've been on for an hour. Um, oh, this is fun. I've got I've got one. And I was like, if, if you wouldn't have been a baseball player, what do you think you would have? Uh, what career path would you have chosen? Oh man, I don't know. That's that's the hardest question in the world. No. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't go to school to play to, to like get smart. I went to school to play baseball. You know. <laughs> so 
You're okay. like a musician. There was no plan B. No, there's no plan B. No plan okay. B. Okay. All right. Well, I, uh, I, I might like sell some cars or something. You know, I think I could be a good used car salesman. <laughs> a good used car salesman. I, well, you know what? I, I, I would. I would buy a car. No, you got to. You already said used. Okay. Uh, and my, my, and I am the son of a used car sale. My dad sold cars the whole time I was, uh, I was at home from 80 to 98. My dad, uh, sold used cars. So yeah, man, I think you could do it if, if this, um, yeah, if, you know, if this whole whatever it is you've, you've got going on doesn't work it out, man, I would buy a car from you. Yeah. I think I, I think I could do it. Is it, I mean, you really just got to be able to read people real quick you know, really quickly when they're walking up and kind of feel them out real quick. And you have to be talking the whole time, you know, you got to make them feel good. It, it sounds you know, like you put some thought into this. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I like, I think I could be a car salesman. I, I think that, I, you know, I could work for Ford or Chevy or something. Sell some cars, sell some uh, You know what? Kinsler, Kinsler Motors. You Kinsler could, Motors. It's got a ring to it. You could, you could totally start your own car dealership. Kinsler Cars with a K. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like um, it. That's good. No, if you don't mind, I got one thing, and uh, I, I I've been looking at that war stick stuff. Is it yeah. war stick? It is war stick. Yeah. Okay. I've been looking at research, and man, it looks like y'all have done some cool stuff and uh, good products and stuff. Yeah, it's it's gone really well. Um, we just got in the shelves that huge department store that they opened up in uh, Trophy Club, I guess. It's like the biggest one in the in the country. They just opened it up, and it's and we have our own little war stick section there. And then they're trying to expand us into other shows. And then Dix is right now. I think we just signed a. I want to say about three weeks ago, we signed a, a deal with Dix Sporting Goods to get into multiple stores. So it's it's going really well, um, and it's been a lot of fun, right? You know, baseball. We're still we've kind of accomplished that, and we've kind of. Like in Texas, it's pretty pretty known. In Michigan and Detroit area, it's it's pretty well known. And then like California, it's kind of it's it's known. Um, and those are kind of our, our hot spots. But the owners really into to fly fishing and surfing and and, and uh, snowboarding. So he he makes all this stuff on the side. He wants to start making lacrosse sticks. He wants to start making um, hockey sticks. So he wants to get into like the whole stick realm. Um, and become, you know, a, a lot bigger company than it is right now. But it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun to be a part of it because I didn't know a lot about business, um, be, before I got into this and just to listen and try to learn as much as I can, uh, has been, has been a lot of fun. So it's been, it's been a treat, you know, uh, Jack White, who from the White Stripes and he's kind of on his own now, uh, is the other person the other investor with me. It's just me and him. And then the owners from Dallas. No and, kidding. Yeah. I didn't know that. He's a, he's a super, super fascinating guy. He is awesome. He is. Yeah. Great. Is, is, is that the name of his little baseball team? When he uh, goes out on the road, does he call himself the war sticks? Yeah. The war stick, the war, uh, the woodsman. Okay. It's the war, the war stick woodsman is what that's they, right. That's right. And we, they, he loves to play baseball. Oh yes, the band loves to play baseball, and uh, the manager loves to play baseball, and and so we we put together these sandlot games wherever he goes, 
um, or just around the Dallas area in Oklahoma. There's been one in Louisiana, one in Alabama, um, a couple in Austin, you know, some in Dallas. And, and he'll just he'll literally fly in and play these games because he just loves baseball that much. And we're doing these sandlot games and they are so fun. We'll get like a men's league team from around the area and we'll make their uniforms for them. So we'll make them all, all these war stick, you know, full war stick uniform. And then we'll have a, a war stick uniform on and it changes every sandlot game. We'll go out and play these guys. And it's just, it's just a blast, man. It's so much fun. Um, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been an awesome experience. A lot of, a lot of cool things have happened and it's going really well right now. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully it continues, you know, moving forward. That's cool. Is, is, uh, is Jack a baller? Be honest with me. <laughs> That's um, a big smile. All he, right. He, he loves baseball. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I love baseball too. He you loves know? playing first base. Okay. That's like his thing. He loves playing first base. He's got a pretty good bat. Like he can hit it. Um, you know, he'll get, he'll get a couple hits in those Sandlot games. Uh, and he loves to work at it. Like he wants to go to the batting cage before the game starts and he wants to, he wants to get in his swings and get, get warmed up. Uh, and he's always talking about trying to find batting cages when he's on the road and when he's out, uh, doing his thing. He, he looks for batting cages and, you know, in the afternoons or whatever and tries to go, go hit and get better. So it's, it's, it's fun. That's, 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 it's an inch because a lot of people, you know, carry their golf clubs around, you know, look for a golf course, you know, when they're on the road or whatever, he, he goes and plays baseball. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. He loves baseball. I know Sandlot games, man. You, we got to get you out there. Let's get it. Let's get a Sandlot game. Going. Okay. Hey man, uh, we, you know what? We actually did something like that. We were on the road with a band called the Steelwoods. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, we're, we're real tight with those guys. And, uh, we, we really toured a lot of 17 and 18 with them and they're big sports guys. We're big sports guys. So we're like, you know, let's, we were on this long tour. Was like, let's, let's get a Sandlot game going, you know? So I think Josh found us a, 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 a we were in Athens, Georgia, Athens, Georgia. Yeah, and we, yeah. we all went to, um, I think a Dick yeah, sporting Park goods. or something. And we bought like, if I got cleats and nobody had their gloves or batting gloves or anything, you know? So it's like, we bought a big bucket of baseballs and cleats and ball gloves and, you know, baseball bat and just, and then, uh, we picked, we didn't just do like our crew versus their crew. We did like interleague play. Like it's just, I was a captain. Wes, their singer was a captain. So we just had, you know, different guys from different tour buses on. Um, so we had this, this really grand thought, you know, it's like every city we go to, we're going to be able to find a pickup game, you know, go somewhere and play. It lasted one game. <laughs> See, and you guys got to get on that Warstick program. That's what they do. <laughs> Wherever Jack kind of touring, you know, they'll pick up a game in Tulsa. Uh, they did one in in, uh, in Cooperstown one time, and there was like chickens running across the field. They had like goats and stuff on the field. It was awesome. <laughs> like this sandlot game out in the middle of nowhere is just so cool. We gotta we gotta get a game going. Okay. Hey, I'm down, man. I I, I you know uh, like I, I I'll. I, w- I was not a, a very good baseball player. I'm still not a very good baseball player. I probably have gotten worse, but uh, I'm I'm like your buddy Jack. I I just love it. So I'd be down anytime, man. 
So yeah, we'll, we'll do it for sure. We'll get it. We'll get it going. Well, Hey, um, man, we'll go ahead and, uh, wrap it up. Let you go, man. I, I know you got some golf or some fishing to do and, and, uh, uh, just, you know, thank you again for, uh, for your time and for the stories and, uh, you know, just really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you guys for the time. It's been, it was a lot of fun. So cool. And we'll have to do it again, man. Yeah. If you want to do it again, let me know. Yeah, we'll do it, man. So, all right. Uh, this has been a couple in with Cody Jinks, uh, Josh Thompson, Bobby Keith Kilgore, Seth knows, Noseworthy out in Nashville, turning the knobs and, uh, our, you want, uh, to turn the knobs? you want to turn the knobs and, uh, our guest today, um, pro baseball player, uh, at Texas Rangers own, uh, back in the day, my team go Rangers. Um, Want a ring? Uh, I think you're probably going into the Hall of Fame. I would. I don't, I don't know how you couldn't. Hopefully, we'll see. You know, you, you can't say anything. I can as a sports fan. So, uh, man, it's it's just been an honor, Ian. Thank you so much, and uh, enjoy your family time. I will, and you do the same. Good talking to you guys. Y'all be good. Bye.